At Online MedEd, we walk you through every topic in detail, so you're ready for the boards and the wards. There are a lot of different brain tumors, and trying to memorize all the details of each tumor is probably not worth the squeeze. So what I want to do here is talk about brain cancer in general, and then go over some of the key highlights that you might identify in a vignette. When the question gives you a risk factor or a physical finding and wants you to jump to a diagnosis. Most of the time it's going to be based on imaging, but you never diagnose cancer without tissue, so in real life you're going to end up with a biopsy. On the test, you might have to guess what the right answer is based on the history or the image they give you. So first let's go through brain cancer in general. The majority of cancers in the brain, 70%, are going to be metastatic. And the ones that do it the most are going to be lung, breast, and GI. Skin's up there too with melanoma. And because it comes from metastatic disease, showering everywhere, you're going to see multiple lesions. And these essentially are emboli that get stuck. And where they get stuck is going to be at the gray-white junction. The other 30% is going to be primary. And because it's primary, they never metastasize. That is, brain cancer does not leave the brain. The damage it does to the brain, calling attention to symptoms, and the destruction it does of the brain parenchyma leading to death, is generally going to predominate, and so there won't be time to actually metastasize. So count it as never metastasizing, and since it's a primary cancer, it'll be singular. Now this is stuff in the brain getting eaten away or destroyed or crushed. So the patient is going to present with things of that nature. So it could be anything that happens in the brain, focal neurologic deficit, seizure, or headache. Most people think headache is going to be a primary symptom. It most often is not, because the brain itself doesn't feel pain. If you have compression or a mass effect, you might, but it's going to be more focal neurologic deficit and seizure over headache that tip you off that something's wrong in the brain. But if you see nausea and vomiting as progressive, or a headache that's worse in the morning. That's an indication for increased intracranial pressure, and that type of headache is high risk for there being something wrong that is a malignancy in the brain. Diagnosis is going to be based on some sort of neuroimaging. If you think that there is a cancer in the brain, the best test to get is an MRI with contrast. MRI is better overall, but it's much better than a CT scan without contrast. And you can't give contrast if you've got chronic kidney disease, especially in the case of gadolinium, because you cause systemic nephrogenic sclerosis. So MRI, best test. If you can give contrast, do it. If you have to do the CT for some reason because they can't get the MRI, that's okay. P try to give it with contrast over none. But ultimately, you're going to get a biopsy. And whether you biopsy it with a craniotomy, or you just put a needle in it, it's going to be dependent on the individual cancer and the individual patient. You won't have to make that decision. Treatment is going to be resection, radiation, and or chemo. Generally, this has a bad prognosis. Except for meningioma, most of the cancers of the brain kill people. 
And so what you can do to reduce vasogenic edema and give them a better life is steroids. This is palliative only. And anybody who's got brain malignancy should be put on seizure prophylaxis and any of the generalized anti-epileptics will do. Lamotrigine, phenytoin, levetiracetam. All right, so this is brain cancer in general. The highlights being get an MRI, biopsy it, and then give steroids to reduce vasogenic edema to make their life better and prophylax against seizures so they don't seize. Now let's get into the some of the details of only some of the cancers you have to actually be able to identify. And this is how I break it down. There's the anterior fossa, that's the cerebrum. There's the posterior fossa. And then there are tumors of the pituitary. Pituitary tumors are going to be prolactinoma, acromegaly, and craniopharyngioma. Prolactinoma and acromegaly we talk about a lot in the internal medicine anterior pituitary lecture. Some drive-by highlights, prolactinoma in men, bitemporal hemianopsia, large lesions, amenorrhea and galactorrhea, small lesions, pregnancy test, TSH, prolactin, when prolactin is elevated, get an MRI. Use dopamine agonists. Acromegaly is different in kids than in adults. Acromegaly is a tumor of growth hormone secretion, and it causes those things that can grow to grow. In kids, it's gigantism. In adults, it's going to be growth of the heart, visceral organs, face, and hands. So things won't fit quite right, the teeth will separate, and the way you make the diagnosis is insulin-like growth factor, glucose suppression test that fails to suppress MRI of the brain. So these, if you want to know more about them, check out the anterior pituitary lectures, but we don't talk about craniopharyngioma anywhere else. Essentially, this is going to be an asymptomatic tumor of the pituitary that occurs in kids. You might also have short stature if a craniopharyngioma consumes all the other hormone-producing centers, then you end up with a functional panhypopituitarism, but not an actual. And if you see here anything about calcification of the cella, On CT or X-ray, you have your diagnosis. Generally, you don't have to, but you can resect them if they cause problems. Right, this was good. The pituitary is sort of a mix of kids and adults. For the most part, the anterior fossa tumors are for adults, A for A, and the posterior fossa is for peds, P for P. The two tumors in the posterior fossa you should be aware of are going to be medulloblastoma and ependymoma. Both of these can present with obstructive hydrocephalus. That is the kid who's going to have progressive headaches, nausea, vomiting in the morning. That's better when he curls up into a ball. What you want to know about, though, is medulloblastoma is highly malignant. And it seeds the arachnoid space. Because of this, it spreads, which means you can get very distal lesions in the spinal cord. Because of that, for medulloblastoma, because of these distal lesions, 
not only are you going to do surgery to resect it, but you're always going to do radiation with it. Trying to get after those centrally metastasized lesions, but they metastasized down the CSF into the spinal cord. Ependymoma, on the other hand, comes from the fourth ventricle. Obstructive hydrocephalus predominates. And this is where you're going to look for the kid that's better in the fetal position. These generally do not have distal lesions, and so resection is usually enough. In the anterior fossa, there are two you really should know. Meningioma. Glioblastoma multiforme. This is where they're going to get you with imaging. A meningioma is a product of the dura. And so being from the dura, this is the skull, here's the brain inside, a meningioma is going to come in from the dura. If you have to have brain cancer, this is the one you want. The focal neurologic deficit that it causes by pushing on the brain parenchyma is going to depend on where the thing is growing from. So if you see it, you can actually diagnose this on CT scan. It seems to be calcified or connected to the dura, and you simply resect it. And resection is curative and will reverse all the focal neurologic deficit. This is the one you want to have if you have to have brain cancer. Glioblastoma, on the other hand, is in the parenchyma. And being in the parenchyma means that it's literally eating the brain away. That same brain and a glioblastoma, highly necrotic, highly mitotic, eats away the brain. And so the, here, you can try to resect it, but it's got a dismal prognosis of less than a year. What you're looking for for a glioblastoma is a ring-enhancing lesion, or the bat's wing deformity. Bat's wing because glioblastoma is the only brain cancer that's going to cross midline. Most all others don't. They grow on one side and cause a mass effect. Glioblastomas can actually eat its way through to the other side. Two other adult tumors you might come across. Astrocytoma, it's basically glioblastoma, only not as dismal a prognosis. And the schwannoma is going to present with nausea, vomiting, hearing loss, vertigo, tinnitus, resect it, and it goes away. So I've blown by these, right? and I did that on purpose, because you're, there's just too many brain cancers for you to have to learn, and it's not high yield enough unless you're going to go into neurosurgery or oncology. So for your level at a step two, what you want to look at is how do you handle brain cancers? And primarily that's going to be look for the neurologic symptom, get the imaging Resect, give steroids or palliation, and seizure prophylaxis. That's neurosurgery brain tumors.